Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. A brand new year and we are still here. Yep, brand new year. Welcome to 2024. Hello everyone. Hope everyone had a good uh, Christmas and New Year's. How was yours? Mine was very relaxing. It was... Buy a uh, diamond ring? I did not buy a diamond ring. No. (laughs) Callum was not happy. Callum was not happy. I did not buy a diamond ring. Did you watch the Golden Wedding this week? Which Golden Wedding? The Golden Bachelor got married. You know what? We've we've taped it. No. Petra and I have taped it. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it. Because she hasn't seen the last episode to see who wins. So she has to watch that first. Then we're going to watch the wedding. She doesn't know who won? That's from November. She has no idea. Wow. I have no idea what you guys were talking about, but then again, I only it. I only researched it because I knew Paul was going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in Young and the Restless yesterday? Paul? I don't watch that crap. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I do watch. I do watch some some weird TV. Like I'm right into the old trash TV. Really, it's a, like have you ever seen uh, Selling Sunsets? No. Oh my god, it's the best real estate show. But it's all about real estate down in LA, and it's like you know. Yeah, but it's unrealistic. It's so unrealistic. Like all they do is is drink and party and have fun and fight all day. And they're like, "Is that my son, my daughter said to me one day? Wait a minute, that, wait a minute. Like, Isn't that what you do? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. Yeah, too. but my no wonder da- he likes that show. Yeah. But my daughter's like, and they're all decked out in their nines and you know wearing their skimpy dresses and all that. My daughter's like. Is that what real estate's like? I'm like, no, it's not like that at all. Come, come live Especially in, in Ottawa. Especially in, in Ottawa. Ottawa, yeah, no. It's what it's like on TV. It is, it is. But you know about television. Those shows are always very real, right? My show was real. It was, yeah. No My conflict show. there. No conflict, but no, I, I must admit the first time I ever filmed the show, we filmed the first scene and they're like, cut. I'm like, what's wrong? Too nice. Oh, you're too nice. I'm like, but I am a nice guy. They're like, no, you have to be Mike Holmes. You have to be a jerk. And I was like, all right. Oh, that's easy. And, that wasn't so hard. Was and, it? Ever, <laughs> and ever since. <laughs> so I would actually go in. I'd go in to before started, before they said, you know, camera action. I'd say to the guys, listen, I'm actually a really nice guy, but I have to be a jerk to you right now. Are you okay with that? They'd be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. They'd stop filming. They're like, wow. You were. You're good at that. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm here for ratings. I'm here for ratings. What an actor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's going to be the year of good rates, right, Frank? Sure hope so. Uh, Didn't start off this way so far this first week. Unfortunately, the uh, U.S. control a lot. And when the U.S. job numbers are as healthy as they were reported this week, then bond markets went the wrong direction. They went up instead of down. That being said, Big spreads are available right now, uh, certainly between the bond market. Even though the bond market went up about 20 basis points this week, um, you know, a five-year best five-year rate is in the low fives, and the five-year bond is at 3.39 when I checked yesterday. So, so where should we be? Where should we be in the fours, high fours? We should be in the high fours, and I expect to be there probably in the next few weeks where we'll get into the fours. When's our next, uh, when's our first coming uh, up? January 26th. January 26th is uh, Bank of Canada. Again, expect it to be a neutral decision where, uh, you know, nothing. But what's interesting this year is that uh, the Bank of Canada is going to come out with uh, all the verbiage about every single rate announcement where they usually do it out out of the eight announcements. They'll do it five or six. Now they're doing it in all eight. 
So they'll have an announcement as to why they're keeping it neutral and what they're seeing moving forward. So there's a lot of pressure right now on TIFF to, to lower rates. I mean, there's there's a lot of high high people coming out right now saying it's Canadians are suffering big time. Well, like, I I think we'll see it in in the economy specifically the first half of this year. We'll really start <laughs> to see where Canadians are bearing down and and not that discretionary spending is coming down tremendously. You know, we saw the job report in Canada come out. All of 100 jobs got created in all of Canada, 40 million people, 100 jobs, and that's with all this immigration. And that's, you know, that's the one thing that's really come out for most Canadians. It's we got to put a stop on immigration. We don't have housing for them. And truly, if we're going into this mini recession or whatever we're going to call it, there's not going to be any jobs either. So now you've got more people coming to our country and potentially taking the jobs that Canadians should be getting. So, what do, you, what do you think is going to be worse on the economy, the housing crisis or the medical crisis? Well, the medical crisis has been a mess for a long time. It's and, even worse now, though. Oh, it's even worse. I yeah. mean, look at this week. I think I saw uh, a news story where the Nurses Association is just fed up because oh, they're I all blame burned them. out. They're all burned out. 43% of nurses and doctors are burnt out, and 41% of them don't want to come to the work anymore. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, don't don't like, want like that's just a crazy stat for for a country that's really bringing more people in. Number one and number two, it's an aging country. I mean, I, I mean, couples today with the cost of living, we're going to see less and less children. We're going to see people saying, "Okay, we're good at one or we're good at two, where they had hopes to maybe have three or four kids. They're not. Then the ones that wanted two might go back down to one, just because it's so expensive to bring up a kid I, today. I, I feel like I've said this before, but I on my street we had a street party one. I think it was later in the summer. And uh, there's an ER doctor who lives on the street. And I said, how's it going in the, in the emergency room? He says, well, I'll tell you two things. He says, don't get sick. And number two, don't come to the emergency room. Yeah. And oh, we, here. and we plan on bringing 500,000 immigrants a year to Canada. And we can't even, our, we can't even sustain it now. It's. You're 10, 12 hours if you go to emergency. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. I'm, I'm hearing 12 to 17 hours at some emergencies. And so everyone gets the idea. Let's go out to the outskirts. Let's go out to the Kempvilles and the Elmonts and all that. They're having to close down their emergency rooms because they have no doctors or nurses. Yeah. So, you know, let's, I mean, I know where it's, it's a real estate mortgage show, but this is part of the issues with all the immigrants coming in. One, we have no housing to put them in because we don't have housing for, for us Canadians. And now we don't have a medical system that can, that can keep up to the capacity of what's coming in here. It's going to be a tidal wave of one, if we don't get homes and we don't fix the medical system. There, there, there are a lot of Canadians that, statistics show right now that are going to dollar stores for grocery shopping because they just can't afford everyday groceries. So it's, uh, it's disappointing to see where we've ended up, uh, considering during the pandemic, how rich everybody seemed to be and how people were able to keep money in their savings account. It does bring to the forefront. If working from home makes more sense only because Canadians don't have that money available for gas, for parking, to go out there, and that's why I think we're seeing a lot of Canadians say, I, "I, you know, I'll leave my current job if I can get a job that I can work from home, I'll leave." And it's not necessarily because they're lazy. Some people think because they're lazy, it's because it's so expensive now to do everything that goes with going to work every day. Not to mention the mental stress that comes with it, sitting on a Queensway that's not moving because they have lanes closed for no reason whatsoever. All that just adds up, and. I'm not going to touch this one. No, no, you won't. Because <laughs> I'm not going to touch the working from home thing. You're not a fan of it. You know how I feel, so I'm not going to touch it. 
But I would say even government offices, if we're going to go back to government offices, maybe it makes sense to have government offices instead of in downtown core. Make the downtown core a place to come for dining. Like make it, you know, like a tourism place to come and move these buildings to the outskirts where people live so that you're you're likely to get people to want to come to the office as opposed to having to come downtown to work. Well, yeah. and especially with all the traffic going on with the light rail and what, what it's been like during the pandemic was fine because there was no one on the roads. Right. But now that people are going back to work, you know, the, the travel is, is not fun. It's, it's painful. It's painful, especially painful because we've got all this construction Queens, right. going it's on. It, it, is, it is painful. It's funny, you know, if rates were better with so many people working from home, homes would be selling like crazy because if that's where you're going to be working and staying, you're going to want a nice house. Well, you are, and you're obviously going to want a bigger house. And, you know, during the pandemic, we saw a lot of families amalgamating. Um, I, we're not seeing it as much anymore. I think people are, are kind of done with the with the pandemic, even though we're, you know, I'm not going to say we're, we're done with it because we're still, you know, we're, we're never going to be done with it, put it that way. Um, but there was a lot of families who were amalgamating, and there was a lot of families who were moving to the outskirts. We're kind of seeing a little bit of a slowdown on that right now. We're seeing families who aren't amalgamating, um, and we're seeing people are moving from the outskirts back into the core. Uh, but it's, you know, don't get me wrong. It's still very popular in the country cause it's more affordable. Uh, but if you are working from home, that's where people were moving to the country cause working from home was, was easy. And as long as you had internet, you were fine. Don't you think moving to the outskirts is going to be even bigger with interest rates the way they are? People looking for some place that's affordable. Well, it, it all depends on, and we'll, we're going to get into what I predict and what Frank predicts is going to happen in 2024, but you know, if, if, if I believe what's going to happen in 2024 and into 2025 when it's an election year, um, you, yes, it, you might see more people moving to the outskirts because it is more affordable. But there's a lot of communities that, I mean, it was a two years ago, I think it was Armprior was like the number one fastest, the fastest yeah. moving community, in, in, whether it was Ontario or Canada, I can't remember what it was, but it was booming. We could see that because of affordability. If, if, if what I think is going to happen and prices are going to rise, you're, you're correct. We might see people moving out to the outskirts again uh, for affordability reasons. However, if there's people who had to work, like, you know, you're not going to move to Prior if you have to work downtown, right? No. That's, that's no, but a, if you're working from home, it doesn't matter. If you're, exactly. So if you're in a job that you can work from home and you can, you know, you're struggling to afford the downtown core or somewhere in proper Ottawa, yeah, the outskirts is probably the the way to go. It's it's a little more affordable. There's lots of builders going out there right now, which is great. Um, and it's, you know, these little communities, you look at the Armpires and the Carlton places and all like that. Look at Greg saying, pump up Armpire. Yeah, because Greg said, keep pumping yeah. it. But, <laughs> but when you look at those places, you know, even the East End, you look at the Castlemans and the, and the Embrums and the, and the Rocklands and the West End, you got the, you know, all these areas in the West End as well. They're they're booming. They're thriving. And anytime you get a Home Depot or a Starbucks, you've made it. Yeah, you've made it. You know, when Carlton Place got their Starbucks and their and their Home Depot, they made it. Right, but, they're at town now. But the problem still, and I think it's something that builders are dealing with, is the fact that thirty percent of the cost of building a home is in government fees and government permits and going. And that needs to be fixed for builders to get motivated to build more homes because right now. It holds back. It's holding back builders. I've talked to builders. And not only fees, they've got to streamline this. It's funny. They have to. Make it quicker. It's, it's funny you say that. I posted that about four years ago or five years ago on Facebook. It showed up as a memory the other day for me, talking about how builders, a third of what they're built, or I think it was a quarter at the time, a quarter of their what they do, what they're spending goes towards soft cost and permits and things that aren't making them any money, yeah. a quarter of it. So you wonder why builders are jacking up their prices. They yeah. got to make a profit too. Well, now with rates the way they are. It's even harder. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back.
We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the phones we go. Ron has been waiting. Haven't talked to Ron since last year. How are you, Ron? Happy New Year, lad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Question for Frank. If you took a variable mortgage and interest rates go up, is it possible that you're only covering the interest and not the principal? Depending on the lender you're with, uh, TD Canada Trust, CIBC, uh, to name a couple, uh, have what's called static mortgage payments. So one way or the other, if interest rates go up, then your payment remains the same, but there's more going to interest and less going to principal. And with the amount of increases we've seen over the last two years, there's been circumstances where the bank has had to reach out to clients and say, we need to up your payment because you're not even carrying, uh, covering the interest right now. So um, I had a client call me and say that the TD asked for a principal payment, a principal adjustment just to get caught up because they're, they're in the negative. Their payment doesn't even cover the interest right now. So oh. their mortgage balance is going up every month, even though they're making a mortgage payment. So it is possible. I think it's something that OSFI, the Office of Superintendent of Financial Institutions, is looking at maybe uh, stopping this from happening where if you take a variable rate mortgage, they'll probably uh, probably institute a rule such as you cannot have static payments. If it's a variable rate, then your payments need to be variable as well, depending on what's going on. Is it rare? Is it rare? Well, it's rare that we see increases to the degree that we've seen over the last two years, so that's rare. But is it rare that people aren't covering principal? It's happening, well, it's happened a lot over the last two years because of the amount of the increases and for the lenders that have had static payments. Now, you know, I I give a little bit of the blame to the lenders because I think they just let it be, let it be, because they couldn't even believe that the rates were going to go up as much as they did. But I think they should have been proactive and sent out letters to consumers saying, listen, we're getting to the point where uh, pretty soon you're going to have to increase, we're going to have to increase your payment because you're not covering the interest. And they didn't do that. And that's why... Some people got letters saying that, listen, now you're in the negative and your mortgage balance is going up and we need you to make a principal reduction. People weren't ready to make a principal reduction. They couldn't afford to make a principal reduction. So um, uh, so I think that OSFI is going to look at maybe changing that rule altogether. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank Thanks, you, Ron. Ron. All right, before we go ahead and look forward to 2024, shall we recap 2023? Is this going to be... A good recap or? No, it's going to be, 2023 was a normal market. When I say that, I mean, we were down average sale price, which we haven't been down since 1996. But I'd like to say that it was, it was a, it was a decent market for even being down. And we've made ground since January. We've, we've continued to rise even though we're down. So in December, the number of sales was actually up 7.6% and the average sale price was up 1.7%. So we finished December with an average sale price of 632000 Year to date, where were we in 2023? Our number of sales was down 11%. We were almost at 12,000 sales, which is decent. It's very low for the last five years and the last 10 years but it's still decent. We made up a lot of ground. We were way down before we made up a lot of ground and our average sale price was down 5.5%. Once again, not too bad. Uh, I did predict that we were going to be between five and 6%. We're at 5.5%. Our average sale price ended at 667,000. Keep in mind, we ended the year at 691. January went down to 612. And since then we've increased every month except for two little blips and we're at 667. So we made a big rebound. Uh, and obviously I'll tell you where I believe we're going to go in 2024, but we did make a big rebound, which is the good news. We, I mean, when we were at 612, people were panicking. 
we've we've really come up since then, which is great news. Months of inventory. So what months of inventory is 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 if no other house hits the market, how long would it take every house to sell? And right now we're at the year to date, we're at two point four months, up from one point seven of last year, which is still not terrible. We're still, according to this, we're still in a nice seller's market, even though we we're, we feel like we're not. According to the stats, we're still in a seller's market. Our sale to list ratio. So how close do you get to the listing price? Last year, we were at 104.8% of listing price. So everything was going over asking price. This year, we finished at 98.5. So people were getting almost 100% of what they were asking, which is great news. 98.5 is very, very healthy. When you look at the last three years, yeah, it's not as good as the last three years, but still 98.5 is great. Um, the sales to new listings. So how many homes sell that actually hit the market? And this is staggering because people will be very confused. They think everything that hits the market eventually sells. The truth is this is actually a high number. We're almost at 50, we're at 57.8%. So every house that hits the market, only 57.8% sell, which most people think, no way, everything sells. What are you talking about? And that's a high number. We've been as low as 38, 40%. So we're doing okay in that way. Our days on market has crept up to 36, which still over a month of, of being on the market, that is not terrible at all. The one thing I will point out though, that was a little bit pressing was we almost had 12,000 sales. So we had 11,978 sales, but there's almost 4,000 agents in the city, licensed agents in the city. And when you do the math, that's about three sales per agent. So, you know, when we talk about, is it, who do you list with? Is it, do you list with the right person? Well, you better not have someone who's selling three homes a year. That's my, my thought. So all in all, yes, the numbers were down and we haven't gone down in the average sale price since 1996, but I'm very optimistic because we are on the uptrend and, and I will in the, in the fourth segment, Frank and I will talk about where we see what's happened, where we see the market going in 2024 and where we see the rates going in 2024, but 2023, that's the recap very optimistic. Uh, I, I'm not disappointed at all, even though it feels like it was a really tough market. It, it actually wasn't that bad at all. So are you telling me you're responsible for more than 5% of all the sales last year? We're responsible for a lot of them. We're, yeah. We're a lot of them, but we, listen, we were down too. Like our, we were up over last year, but you know, our best year was almost 700 deals. We we're just shy of 700 and we were just shy of 600 this year. So we're, we're down. Yeah. That's we're more down. than 5%. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, and they, and they, they say if you're, if you're doing, you know, one to 2% of the market, you're dominating the market. We're about four, four to 5%. So we're doing, we're doing fairly well. My agents are, are just killing it, which is great. Wow. Now I'm impressed, Frank. How about you? Frank's never Frank, impressed. Wake, wake up, Frank. The only oh, thing no. Frank's impressed of, the only thing Frank's <laughs> impressed with is when I pull out my wallet every weekend and buy breakfast. Ah. You know. We are only going to talk about breakfast, our 2024 pack. We're only going to talk about breakfast when Paul buys it. Now, Paul bought Steve and Greg a coffee this morning. That's didn't breakfast. Buy, didn't buy me breakfast, but he buys himself breakfast and he takes credit for it. Like I didn't eat breakfast. No, no, but I think this ways. is a really good time for a break. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. 521 <laughs> We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and Frank Napolitano. This is Steve Gregory. The phones we go and say hello to Bill in beautiful Franktown. Hello, Bill. Good morning, boys. You know, Bill, uh, Bill, Bill, before you get started, I can tell you, Frank believes that's his town. Eh? He thinks he's <laughs> he owns Franktown. It's the lilac yeah. capital of Canada, right? 
It is, it is. But that is town was Dildo Frank Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> I think Frank owns Frankville, though. Frankville. Oh, Frankville. <laughs> uh, all right, I got a question for you. I have 107 acres. Uh, my house is situated on the back of the property. Laneway is about three quarters of a mile long. Wow. That's uh, a lot of snow plowing. Uh, yeah, well, that's why I'm divorced. The wife wouldn't shovel the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say that on live that's radio? A, yeah, no one, he's, 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 no one knows. What does he carry? He's divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I went to the township. I wanted to sever three lots off because normally you can have four. You know, I was hoping to do it for my kids, but they're saying no. Okay. What uh, reason are they giving you? Because I don't have enough road frontage. They say I don't have it. I'm at the very end of a dead end road. Uh, like there's only 50, 50 to 70, well, 50 feet past my driveway that goes up to my house. And it's. There's got to be a solution. It just might be a very expensive solution, but they've got to well, be able, instead of just saying no, they should say, we will say yes if this were to occur. That's but so sometimes what be. they'll do is they'll do a communal road where each property yeah. is part ownership of that road coming in. So, so here's, here's a, it's Bill, right? So before we get yes. back, to, back to Bill's question, here's an example of we want to build more homes, we want to get more shovels in the ground. Bill's got 107 or 108 acres and he can, and he could possibly sever off three lots. Like why not yes. change, so change that a little bit where Bill can sever off 14 lots, 15, 20 lots. That's how you, that's how you start building more homes. Bill, will they let well, you sever anything? Nothing. They don't even like, and my neighbors don't want 14 places there, but, and I, I agree with them, but the three lots, what I thought I sh- could do is just make a diversion off my laneway. Um, I put two lots on one side of my laneway and one on the other side of my laneway uh, through a variance or something, you know. So, yeah. Uh, so when you when you apply for, when, when you go to change or go to the municipality to try to get this severance, you will have to get a minor variance in, in order to do any of this stuff. I, Steve, I believe your old house on the water, you had this, right? Where you yeah. had your driveway. I own, was, I own the road coming in, but everybody had access to it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is possible, but you're going to need approval on minor variance. Oh, you might okay. need some legal help, a lawyer to help you with the municipalities, yeah. which you might need. I mean, it's going to cost you some money, but in the end, it may be worth it. I think so, uh, too. Yeah. And, well, I'm going to give the land, like the lots to the kids. Um, I have three kids. Right. But you so, got to be able to sever it. Otherwise what about, you what about your anything. ex? What about your ex? Doesn't she get anything? Uh, she's, she's a long time gone. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and she's got enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Um, okay. But go ahead. No, guys. Bill. He was, was he, you had more? You had more, Bill? Uh, well, I just wanted, um, so I have to go to the municipality and see if I can get a variance. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, apply. So on, obviously you want to talk to them about the zoning. And you want to talk to them about severing some lots. And then, you know, if they say they can only sever three and you'd like to get four, you know, you're going to have to get some sort of minor variance, some sort of approval to do those, that fourth lot. Have you seen a real estate lawyer yet? Uh, no, but I have one in Stittsville that's a real good one that I'll, I'll go and talk to him. Yeah. I would too. I would too. Just yeah. go talk to him, see what's possible, see what you can do. It's a good problem to have. And again, the yeah. municipality should be able to give you a solution. So it's no the way you presented it. 
But if you presented it this way, we would be more open to saying yes. That's what well, should yeah. happen. Yeah, well, they weren't even willing to offer any suggestions. No, exactly. That's my point. No. That's yeah. my point. And like Paul said, here we are. We're trying to get shovels in the ground. And the municipality, instead of saying no, should be saying no based on the way you set it up. But if you yeah. did this, we would consider it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Good luck, Bill. All right. You know, Thank we, you. we had this same scenario. I remember being at a conference in um, recently in uh, Austin, I think it was. I think it was in Austin. I was talking to my my real estate coach. And I was telling him how things are done in Canada, how, you know, the, the rules are very sticky and, you know, we can't just go build anything beside anything. And he's like, why? I don't get that. He says, in the States, it's t- entirely different. There's some cities that you can build whatever you want. If you want to build a hospital beside a residential uh, home, you can. Um, you know, it's different here in Ottawa, but you take a situation like that. Why wouldn't they change some sort of structure where... Bill's allowed to put a bunch of lots yeah. on there if he wants to. I know he says his neighbors don't, you know, wouldn't be happy about it, but <clears throat> truthfully, you're selling. Who cares, you know? But it's 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 truth. Like, why wouldn't they do something to allow Bill to to sever more lots? I mean, he's got 108 acres. I well, know. Even, even if he did three two acre lots, yeah, you know, at least that's something you can build. <clears throat> yeah, and th- this is this is a classic example of where things have to change. You know. I was watching the news uh, two days ago, <clears throat> and they were talking there. I can't remember who the policy guy was, but he was talking about how, yes, you know, th- they did in 2017 or whatever it was, this is what they proposed, and this is what, you know, Trudeau wanted to do. You know, here we are six years later, and it's we're not any further ahead. And he actually admitted, he, he's like, we've kind of, yeah, dropped the ball on this one. And a it, lot of it is municipality, too. I mean, a lot you, of, there's so many different levels. Now you got provincial, you got municipal. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they have to cut that red tape. I'm telling you right now. I mean, we we talked about it at the start of the show with this many immigrants coming to Canada. We talk about the healthcare. Well, let's talk about the homes too. Like we need homes. Like let's start bending some rules, breaking some rules, and, and do some things that allow us to get more shovels in the ground, more homes. But all levels of government have to come together. For they that do to happen. They do, and it's you know it's the problem with the government is they're all you know no one no. It's the government. It's the government. (laughs) There's the problem. Thanks, Steve. That's the problem. Hey, Frank, question for you. Why is the spread so big on a five-year and a 10-year? Why is it so big? I thought the 10-year was supposed to be attractive so that you have some cushion for the next 10 years and you're comfortable. There's a big, big difference between a five-year and a 10-year. What are they? Uh, Well, five years. Again, at the end of the day, would you take a 10-year now? Listen, the time to take a 10-year was two and a half, three years ago when the 10-year was at... Yeah, but, three, three, seven, nine, but I'm, why aren't the banks lowering that? Because right now, what's a, a five years? What five and a quarter and six three nine for a ten year? Why would you take that with rates coming down? Why would you take that? But why would it? That's my question. Why would they make it so high? Why yeah. would they? It try doesn't to make matter it? because they know that they're not going to sell it, so they don't really care. I mean, that's just a lost product. Frank, for them. back the in the, five years, the big product. Yeah, two and a half years ago, when you when we were talking about. You know, do you take the the ten year? It was at. I remember you talking about this. It was yeah. at three seven nine. Yeah. So you imagine two years ago you took a ten year at three seven nine. If we knew, if we knew that what was going to happen was going to happen, if we had that crystal ball, uh, certainly would have probably recommended a lot of people take a ten year. And I think a lot of people wish they took a ten year mortgage at that time, or even take. But a at five the same time, they did pretty well with that low rate for a long time, like uh, unprecedented lows. Unprecedented, you know, one, there were customers that were at one and a quarter percent for two years, two and a half years. So yeah, they've been at 6% for the last 18 months or so, five to 6%, but they were also at one and a quarter percent for two, two and a half years. So if you average it out over the five-year period that they've had the variable, probably be somewhere in the threes, which is reasonable. It's just that you're feeling the pain now 
because the rates are as elevated as they are. So, Frank, you'd like this story. I I was talking to one of my American buddies the other day, uh, part of my coaching course, and he was telling me that some people now that are actually getting transferred are turning down their transfers in the states because yeah. they don't want to get rid of their rate. No, you know, if you're if you're on a if you're on a you know a thirty year amortization and or a thirty year mortgage and you're at three three and a half percent and you get transferred and let's say you're not able to port that mortgage even if you're able to port that mortgage you still have to blend that yeah. and now you're at potentially five six seven so a lot of these people are getting transferred and they're either leaving their job or they're or they're just turning down the transfer because they're like no I'm going to lose too much money in my mortgage rate if I if I move so I'm not moving. And, and that's the problem right now. There's some communities or some cities in the States and some States in the States that are, are thriving. And there's others that are just, there's no movement going on at all. Zero. And that'll probably continue for a while until the yep. rates come back down. So with the job report coming out as healthy as it did in the U.S., there's less of a chance. I mean, there was some talk that the feds may start lowering their prime rate as early as March, but that's pretty well gone to the side now where now they're saying it's probably going to be the summer before they start to drop. But we get caught up in the American. What happens with the American job report impacts our bond market here, even though our job report was very weak. But because the American one was as strong as it was, the bond market went up this week. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to the housing. And that's my concern is that in the U.S., they're not impacted by inflation on the housing side because the interest rates on their mortgages aren't changing because they don't have the number of mortgages coming up for renewal over the next two years that Canada does. So Canada's in a totally different scope when it comes to mortgages coming up for renewal, where in the U.S., anybody that took a mortgage during that two-year period when the interest rates were at ultra lows probably, like Paul said, aren't transferring. They're going to stay exactly where they are because they're never going to get a deal like that again. So for them, they're extremely happy to be where they're at. Their housing cost hasn't changed whatsoever. And what's changed for them is the price of gas, which has come down quite nicely. When I was in Texas a few weeks ago, it was very, very cheap gas. Now, that's Texas, but still. But food prices have gone up. But but again, most Americans can tolerate it. That's why we're seeing the job reports the way they are, because they don't have the crisis on the housing side that we do here in Canada with mortgages coming up for renewal over you know, the next two years. We talk about, even here in Canada, like we talk about no one's moving in the States. Certain places aren't moving in the States because of the rates. Well, even here. I mean, if you have to move here, there's a lot of people who aren't moving because they have such a great rate. Now, you can, depending on what your mortgage you is, port the mortgage. you could port your mortgage, but you now have to blend, right? So let's say you got a 2% or 2.5% mortgage, and you have to move, and you have to port your mortgage, and you have to blend, and now you're at 5 Well, you were at 2 So, like, are you really... If you move to a property that's cheaper, can you port the mortgage? Of course. But you, you can, as long as you qualify. Number one, anytime you port in your mortgage, it's not an automatic thing. The only thing that's automatic in Canada is if you've maintained good payment history, your lender will send you a renewal that you do not have to qualify. You just choose the term you want. You try and negotiate the best rate, and you do not have to qualify. But if you choose to go to another institution that gives you a better rate, and the banks know this, and they think you're not going to qualify, then they're not going to be as aggressive at giving you a rate because they know you're not going to qualify to go on anywhere else. But if you go somewhere else, you have to qualify. No different on a port. If you're porting your mortgage over to another property, you need to reapply for it. The only thing that that is held for you is your term and your remaining term and your interest rate and the amount. If you go to a lesser home, you can pay down that mortgage if you want. I mean, obviously, if you're selling a home and you're going, you're downgrading homes, you can pay off, but you may pay the penalty anything above your prepayment 
Uh, privilege. Okay. So, so if you've got a $300,000 mortgage and now the house you're going to buy, you only need a $250,000 mortgage. If you're allowed 15%, then that's 45000 If you're going to pay fifty, you may have to pay a penalty on the 5000 which is peanuts. But they'll let point. you keep the same mortgage even let though the property value. Same term, value, right. same ter- as long as the property qualifies and right. as long as you qualify, you can do that. But you do have to requalify. You have to requalify. So, Hey, Frank, just be- quickly before we go to break, uh, because we've got a big fourth segment coming up as we forecast what's going to happen in 2024. Ooh, uh, what is, I got a young gentleman in my life right now who is trying to uh, build his credit. What is, besides getting a visa and paying it off every month, is there an easier way to build your credit? Two credit facilities. Generally speaking, most credit bureau agencies want two credit facilities with limits over fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. And when the statement comes in, try to keep the balance below fifty percent on both. On both of them. So try to keep the balance. So if you have a fifteen hundred dollar limit, do not let your statement balance go above seven fifty. That gives you preferential and obviously time. So the longer you have that credit card facility, the better your credit score will go up. But as long as you have two or three products and you maintain them, never miss a payment. But I have people that have gotten a credit card. They go use it and they pay it off. So when the statement comes in, it's at zero. Well, yeah. it doesn't look like you've used it yeah. because the system only sees the statement balance. So wait till the statement try to have out. a balance on yeah. the statement. If you're going to pay it off, pay most of it off and leave $20 on there or something. So wait till right? you get a bill. Yeah, no, no, but let the statement come in with $20 right, on right. it and then pay it off once the bill comes in. I'm glad, I'm glad you said do. that because I've been telling them, you know, get a visa, thousands of the highest you should go for your visa, but you're saying it's got to be at least 1500 1500 nice. 2000 Like, okay. you don't need a $20,000 visa. I mean, I mean, nobody needs a $20,000 visa. In fact, that can work against you, can't it? What's that? Can't that work against you because that credit is available? Not really. If if anything, I mean, if then if you have a, you know, if you go out and buy an engagement ring and it costs you, you know, $10,000, you have a $20,000 limit, you're at 50%. So if I bought a $10,000 engagement ring, I'd be in trouble. Really? It'd have to be more than that, but. Wow. <laughs> wow. Good yeah, for I you, Petra. Never get, guess you never get in a ring. <laughs> 521 talk, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Paul Rushworth here, Frank DiPolitano. It's time to look forward. Yes. And are we optimistic about 2024? I personally am very optimistic about the real estate market. I'll let Frank talk about the mortgage market, but I'm uh, I'm very optimistic about the real estate market. You know, going from 691 in 2022, we had a high of 739 as the average sale price. Dropped down to six ninety one to end of the year, all the way down to six twelve at the end of January, but we've crept all the way back up to almost six seventy. So I believe next year is going to be a better year. It all depends on the rates, as we've talked about. I personally believe that the rates will start coming down, and I think they will personally start coming down feverishly. Frank might disagree with that, but I'll let him uh, let him talk about that. But I think by the end of next year, I believe we'll probably be down by at least one percent in the in the mortgage rates. Um, and which will spur the economy. I believe there's going to be more people that will get into the market, more first-time home buyers that will get into the market, which will allow more move-up buyers to move and then move-down buyers. So I think that will really, really help. You know, we, there's also the the dark horse of, you know, the foreign buyer uh, tax at the end of the year when it comes up. Is it going to be abolished or is it going to be continued? I personally hope it's going to be continued because I think it's going to be really hard for Canadians to buy homes if all these foreign buyers come in. And listen, Ottawa is going to be a hotbed. 
you go to Toronto and you spend 1.2 or come to Ottawa and spend 600, you know? So I think Ottawa is going to be a bit of a hotbed when it comes to foreign buyers. So I do hope that they, they keep that ban on and they don't let foreign buyers to do that. And if that happens, it will help. If they do allow foreign buyers to buy again, I believe the average sale price is going to go through the roof, uh, which is not healthy for Canadians. Uh, and I, and I hope that doesn't happen. Um, you know, as a realtor, we always talk about the average sale price. We like to see it go up and stuff like that. But you know what? As a consumer here in Ottawa, people want to be able to afford a home. And if you can't afford a home, not having that that dream of home ownership is dead. And I don't want to see that. So I'd like to see. I believe we went down 5.5 this year, first time since 1996. I believe we're probably going to make up that difference next year and probably go up between 5 and 6%. Uh, would be our would be my prediction. Our number of sales will be up. And our average sale price, I believe, will be up between 5 and 6%, make up the damage that we've done from this year. Wow, 5 to 6. I've seen two, anywhere from 25 to 45 predicted. Yeah, well, guess what? They're wrong. I'm right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm here. No, no, I do believe. No, that's a very, very robust prediction. But I also believe that Canadians have been sitting on the sideline for a long time, and they want to get into this market. And uh, There's and still a lot of variables. Though, there's right? still tons of variables. If, we, if things change, and all of a sudden Tiff Macklin's like, you know what? We're going to raise rates. Okay, I take that back. We're yeah. going to go downhill for sure. Yeah. But I'm predicting, and I'm pretty sure Frank will in a second here, I'm predicting that rates will go down and feverishly. Mr. Napolitano? You left me 30 seconds. Thanks, Paul. I did not. <laughs> I left you three minutes. <laughs> no. I got birthdays. Lots of them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, you know what? 2024 is going to be a very interesting year, I think, for most Canadians that are expecting interest rates to come down. And that's expected to happen, how quickly it starts to happen, specifically if you're in a variable rate mortgage, how quickly will we see prime rate come down? The likelihood is that we're looking at best case scenario, April, realistically, June for sure. And then and then it all depends on how this economy does. Listen, the real estate market has had first-time home buyers sitting on the sidelines for the last 18 months, investors sitting on the sidelines for the last 18 months because you can't cash flow an investment property today. So are we going to have some of the investors that are out there and with all the issues that we're seeing out there with landlord and tenants and tenants that don't move out of their homes, are we going to see some of those landlords potentially sell their homes and put more houses on the market? Maybe they're going to cash out at some point, especially if the cash flow becomes an issue long-term. But interest rates are expected to drop. You know, if I had to put a number on it, I would say that Bank of Canada Prime at this time next year should be 1% lower than it is today which will give some relief to variable rate holders, but not enough relief just yet. 2025, I think, will be a bigger year when it comes to prime rate drops. Uh, Fixed rates, we're seeing bond markets. Bond markets have come down more than one percentage point in the last three months. We certainly expect that trend to continue moving forward into 2024. Again, I really believe that significant interest rate drops will happen in the second half of this year versus the first half. And that's when we'll see the first-time home buyers finally get off the sidelines and start looking at homes. But unfortunately, I think the spring market may not be as robust as we'd like it to be, but it'll be a later spring market going into the summer and the fall. And I think the fall will be an awesome market. What's your opinion on one, two, and three-year mortgages right now? Tough decision for Canadians to make because you're tempted by the lowest rate, and the lowest rate happens to be a five-year fix today. But the smarter decision might be a one- or two-year mortgage or maybe a (laughs) five-year variable. The problem is that the price difference or the rate difference between a five-year and a one- or two-year could be as high as one full percentage point and into a variable. So you're having to commit to a higher rate for the short term and cross your fingers and hope that everything that we've said actually happens where interest rates come down as much as they're expected to come down over the next 12, 18, 24 months. 
Birthdays. Birthdays. Got a couple. Uh, our good friend, uh, uh, Johnny Rogers, who, who's our rep with Bell Media, celebrates his birthday every year. Everybody has a party on his birthday. He celebrates his birthday every year? Every year, New Year's <laughs> Eve. New Year's oh, okay. Eve, every year. So, good man. Good man, Johnny good Rogers. Good man, Johnny Rogers. Uh, and best wishes to his wife, who's had some health struggles as well, as well as our good friend, Brad. Uh, uh, best wishes to them. Uh, Karen McLeish, one of our agents. Tracy Enright, uh, celebrating their birthdays this week. And uh, my cousin, Renee celebrates his birthday uh, on Monday. So happy birthday. I got a few, but I will piggyback off Brad Beckler, who's been our media rep for, for years and has, has, has really got us to a position where we want. So I, uh, my thoughts are with Brad. Um, I do have a few. I do have uh, Angie White, who's my office manager, who's the glue of the company. Uh, 12 years with me on the third. Oh, Mercedes year. Well, she got her trip to San Fran, and that was as, as expensive as a Mercedes, trust me. Uh, Ashley, one of my great agents, uh, celebrated her birthday yesterday, uh, or on the fourth, sorry, Jocelyn, who's my, um, operations manager, who's also the glue, the two, Angie and Jocelyn run my company. It was her birthday yesterday. And then I have three birthdays coming up on the 10th. Tracy Arnett herself has her birthday on the 10th. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Hull, who came over with Tracy, it's his birthday on the 10th. And also, uh, Josh Batley, who's a good friend of mine, who was with my company, who's no longer, but a very good friend of mine. His birthday's on the 10th as well. So happy birthday. Okay. What's his birthday you missing? Dawson's birthday, I don't know. Who's Connor? Oh, oh sorry. Connor. Connor. Sorry. Friend of the show, Connor, who always listens and always comments. Uh, he had his fourth child. The kid's oh, just in his he's low. Got four kids? He's in his low 30s. He's got four kids. On January 3rd, Simon was born. So happy birthday, Simon. Uh, and c- good luck with the four kids, Connor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I got tired just hearing that. Yeah, me too. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week. Support local businesses and charities, everyone.